Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. And Father Chris, one of the Marian priests here at the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy. Here it is, November, and we've got like a 70-degree day here. So we're very grateful that you all could make it. We're going to be continuing the first Saturdays, which we have been doing since the beginning of COVID, and has been a tremendous um, uh, announcement around the world, not just through us, but others too, of the importance of First Fridays and First Saturdays. So today we're taking you back to seminary because we're doing what's called Mariology. People are like, is that a real class? Yes. Mariology is the study of Mary, not only in her role in salvation history, but also in the messages that she gives to us in the uh, apparitions that she does or gives to the, the world. So today we're going to be talking about a couple special, uh, let's just call it um, little known apparitions. And as you can see, the title of the slide is the approved apparitions you've never heard of. So let us begin with a prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask through the gift of Mary that she bring us all to Jesus, that we be led and guided in discernment of your messages from heaven that have been delivered by the Blessed Mother. We ask that we open our minds and hearts to receive the grace you wish to bestow and the message that you are to giving to the world. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. Today we're going to be talking about two critical countries in the history of the Catholic Church, but also in the future of the Catholic Church, France and Poland. Why France? Because she's the first daughter of the Church, been swept away by secularism, and Poland who Jesus said would prepare the world for his final coming through a spark. A spark will come from Poland. So let's start today. Let's look at our first one in Getchwald. You've all heard about the apparition at Getchwald, right? All of you? <laughs> well, probably not. Let's talk about this. All right. 40 years before Fatima, and 40 is a significant number in the Bible. And I tell you, I had no idea before I took Mariology, and now that I've been researching these Marian apparitions even deeper, the connection of all Mary's apparitions, all approved, the connections and the tie, not just for the message, the message is the same, pray, repent, don't offend God, but for the significance of time and location for what was happening in the cultures. Now, 40 years before Fatima, all right, Our Lady appeared in Poland, and shockingly, this is the only Vatican-approved apparition from Poland. I thought, wait a minute, what about Lehan? What about Our Lady of Czestochowa? Those are more images, sacred images, but Vatican approved, this is it. So if Poland has a major place in the history of the church and the future of the church, meaning a spark will come from Poland, we might want to listen to what Our Lady has to say in the only approved, Vatican approved, Marian apparition out of Poland. Unbelievable. And we never hear about this. I never heard about this. 
I mean, in my Mariology class, we just briefly kind of mentioned it. I went back into my notes, not a lot there. So I was working with Chris Sparks and others and doing research. This is very important. All right, now, in 1877, did you know there was no such thing as Poland? There was no such thing. And Poland's part of our history, and I think it's part of the Marian history big time because of the role that it's going to play or has played in divine mercy. And you as Marian helpers need to understand this message coming out of Poland. So this is where we start today. All right, in 1877, there was no Poland except in the hearts of the people. All right, there was a little town, this Getschwald, all right, little tiny town, but it was actually part of Prussia. Not Russia, well, it kind of was that too, but Prussia. This was more part of Germany, although actually it was also part of the Russian Empire. Now, this all ties to Fatima and the heirs of Russia. Let's look at this. Prussia, Russia, and Austria had gobbled up most of Poland's territory over the last previous hundred years leading up to 1877. Now, Poland wasn't even on the map, and it wouldn't be on the map for, guess what, 40 more years. This is all tying in, just like the Israelites of the Bible, 40 years, the significance. It's mind-boggling. You couldn't make this up. If you were to have sat down and made up Marian apparitions, you could not tie them together because you didn't know what the future events were going to be. And now that the future events have happened, we go back and we look at places like Getchwald and we say, oh my, we should be listening to this message. All right, so Poland wouldn't even be a country for 40 more years, back on the map, I should say. Now, Orthodox Russia... I did a whole talk on that. There's a lot of disagreement on Orthodox Russia right now. We'll just say this. You can't deny history. And they persecuted the Catholics. And this is especially true in the case of Poland. Now, I'm not knocking the Orthodox Church. I'm just saying it was a fact that Orthodox Russia, I'm not saying the Church, but Orthodox Russia persecuted the Church Catholics and mostly Poland. Now, let's look at our next slide. Otto von Bismarck. You've probably heard the term Bismarck, the big battleship. Well, Otto von Bismarck was in the middle of a Kulturkampf. What is Kulturkampf? Well, remember Hitler, Mein Kampf, my struggle? Mein Kampf? This is Kulturkampf, meaning cultural struggle. Take a guess what was going on in the mid to late 1800s. This cultural struggle trying to get rid of the church. Sound like today? This is why we need Our Lady. All right, so they were trying to subjugate the church to the Prussian state. Sound like something similar today? Subjugate the church to the Chinese state. Now even in the West, subjugate it to the laws, the secular laws that take human life, redefine marriage and strip religious freedom. All right, they wanted to bring in Protestantism. So the Catholic Church is on the ropes again. All right? And the Polish language, I was talking to Father Kaz about this. I got a lot of information. So I went to Father Kaz yesterday. I said, Father Kaz, I'm doing a, a talk tomorrow on Our Lady of Getschwald out of Poland. And he really educated me. And he said, yeah, he said, the Polish language 
was squashed. The truth of the faith was banned. And then I realized this is cancel culture all over again. Deja vu. Remember Yogi Barrett's deja vu all over again. And so this is what we're facing today. So let's look at our next slide. This is how you spell it. G-I-E-T-R-Z-W-A-L-D. Geitzwald. Now, the shrine of the mother of God of Geitzwald is 135 miles north of Warsaw. There's a picture of the inside of the shrine. By the way, if you're here, you can see our slides on our YouTube channel, Divine Mercy, or our Facebook page, Divine Mercy Official. Now, Our Lady appeared where that shrine is now built. Our Lady appeared in 1877, in the summer, from June 27th to September 16th, in an absolute time of turmoil. Again, just like today. So two Polish peasant girls. You ever notice? Mary has a love for France, Poland, and little children. France, Poland, and... It sounds like a song you can make. France, Poland, and little children. She has a love for that. And that's exactly what we're talking about today. We'll start with Poland. So these two Polish peasant girls, Justina Shrevenska, she was 13, all of 13. And on June 27, 1877, she was coming home from church after having taken an exam to make her first communion. Could you imagine how different things were? She walked herself to school, which that's pretty much gone now. Before her first Holy Communion, she was 13 years old, she took an exam before her first Holy Communion. And so she's on her way back. She had just passed the exam. And let's look at our next slide. She said the Angelus, which we should all be praying. You know, John Paul II prayed the Angelus morning, afternoon, and evening. And she suddenly saw a strange light and a figure dressed in white on the nearby maple tree. This is the first time I've heard maple. I've heard the oak tree, the fig tree. Now our lady's in the maple tree. So she's in this maple tree, and the figure was seated on a gold pearl-studded throne. All right, so there's Our Lady up there on this maple tree. Now, a moment later, the girl saw the glowing figure of an angel with golden wings clad in white, and the angel came down from heaven. Now, when the young Justina prayed to Hail Mary, the figure rose from the throne and ascended into heaven with the angel. So picture this little girl now. She just takes her holy, first Holy Communion exam. She's getting ready to make Holy Communion. So she's probably thinking about what it means, the presence of God and, and Jesus in the Eucharist. She's walking home. She sees this bright light. She looks up in this maple tree. There she sees this woman sitting on a throne. Then she sees an angel descend down. And then she sees the two of them go up into heaven. Now, at this point, a golden circle appeared around the maple tree with the throne of gold. So here's this, this um, golden circle. So later, Two angels escorted the Blessed Virgin Mary back to the throne. And when Our Lady was seated, two other angels 
brought the baby Jesus. This is incredible. So she went to heaven to get the baby Jesus and to bring him back for this apparition. This doesn't happen often. And we've never heard of this apparition. So our lady, two angels come back, they escort her, and our lady was seated. Two other angels come and they bring Jesus, the baby Jesus, in a heavenly glow and placed him on our lady's knee. Kind of also unique. And the child was holding an orb in his left hand. Now, still more angels came and were raising the crown above Mary's head. All right, yet another angel then brought a scepter, a gold scepter, and held it in the right hand above the crown. Now, this is fascinating. Now, one more angel, so there's a ton of angels here, hovered above the entire scene pointing at the cross. All right, so this is the powerful apparition. So I want you to visualize the scene here. Now, while Geitschwald is now associated, we think of it with these apparitions, it's fascinating to know what was going on, that the cult of Our Lady actually predated this by centuries. Now, this is what's most fascinating here. Listen to this. Let's look at our next slide. This is the main altar at the shrine now built. You can see it on the slide. And the image of Our Lady of Geitwald is on the main altar. But here's what's fascinating. It dated back to 1583 when Bishop Cromer described it in his Diocesan Chronicles. He actually wrote about it, calling the image miraculous. Now, let's look at this image. Let's go to our next slide. Here is the image of Our Lady of Getschval depicting her holding the child Jesus. Now, here's what's absolutely fascinating. This is the only one I'm aware of that the image came before Mary's appearance. So they had this image for centuries, and then Mary fulfilled the, the image by actually now descending and, and, and acting out that image of what was portrayed in the previous image was now an apparition. Usually you have the apparition and from it comes the image or a statue. Now we see if something completely really interesting. So our lady comes and actually acts out what had been in this image in the, in the last three centuries. So it's, it's fascinating. Now, so what's going on here? The two angels held a banner. I don't know if you can see that banner, but Brother Mark could put that image back up. Above Our Lady's crown, there is a banner that says, Ave Maria Celorum. What does that mean? Our Lady Hail Mary of Heaven and Ave Maria Angelorum of the angels. Our Lady of the angels. And so this figure, now here's the more fascinating part. This figure was crowned in 1717, the day Freemasonry was founded. You want to call this coincidence? Absolutely stunning. Stunning. And so then, three days later, Our Lady appeared on her own, not accompanied by angels. This time, Justina 
had with her a 12-year-old girl named Barbara Samoloska. And during the apparition, so now you got Justina and Barbara. So Justina's 13, Barbara's 12. So three days after Justina sees Our Lady, she's now with little Barbara. This kind of sounds like Lourdes, right? Kind of sounds like Fatima, the children. And so all of a sudden now she's with 12-year-old Barbara. And during the apparition, Justina asks, what do you want, Holy Mary? And Mary answers in Polish, which was shocking because Polish was outlawed. So you want to know about, oh, we have to follow all the rules at all times without exception? Mary didn't. The rule was you can't speak Polish. You cannot. You could only speak German. This was former Poland, wiped off the map, now a German territory belonging part of Prussia, which is now part of the Russian Empire, forced to give up Polish. You can't speak Polish. It, they wipe out the Polish from the schools, the Polish history, the church, the faith, force them to speak German in the Russian, in the, in the Prussian Empire. And all of a sudden, here comes Mary speaking Polish. God bless her. And she says in Polish, I want you to pray the rosary daily. Now, we may, we may not think much about this, but I want you to listen to what Mary said, because it seems, you know, it's pretty basic. I understand this. I heard this before. Mary said, if you pray the rosary daily, problems will be solved. I promise. Are we praying the rosary daily? This is why we're here on First Saturday. All right. So then on July 1st, Justina asked her, who are you? And Mary replied, I am the Blessed Virgin Mary of the Immaculate Conception. Now think about this. These apparitions were 20 years after Lourdes. So Our Lady is consistent here. That's where Mary told Bernadette, St. Bernadette, I am the Immaculate Conception. Remember? The dogma was declared in 1854, 1858 was the apparition. So then just a few years after Pius IX had announced it as dogma of the Immaculate Conception, she's now appearing saying, I am the Immaculate Conception. So they asked her two questions. Boy, these two questions could apply today. Will the church be freed from persecution? We should be asking that question today. And will we have priests again at all of our parishes? How many of us are praying to bring priests into the parishes? We complain parishes are closed. I remember speaking with my father. My father grew up under the Immaculate Heart of Mary nuns. Please pray for them. And back then he said there were three priests to every parish. Now we have three parishes for every priest. Unbelievable. How many of us are praying? These two questions Justina asked Mary are the same exact two questions we should be asking today. One, will persecution of the church stop? And two, can we bring, can we bring priests back into the parishes? So this is hugely significant. Now, what happened? Our Lady then replied, if you pray fervently especially the daily rosary, the church will not be persecuted and parishes would regain priests. I'm telling you, it's because most of us are not praying the rosary daily. We Marians, we, we do, 
because it's in our constitutions. Now, I get it. Many of you, you know, it's busy. You got families. You got errands to run, kids to pick up, children to pick up, uh, uh, spouses to take care of, dinner to prepare, jobs to get to. But you know what? Even piecemeal it. Even do a decade on the way to work, do a couple decades at lunch hour, do a decade when you're on your drive back from home, and do a decade before you go to bed. Even if you can't pray it straight, get that rosary in. This is the message that predates Fatima. So Our Lady's response lifted the spirit of the people, the Polish people, because even though the Polish were politically under a foreign dictatorship, their identity was tied up with the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is why God is using Poland, and this is, this is the apparition that paved the way in Poland to open the doors for divine mercy. And yet we never teach this. I never even heard Father Seraphim talk about this. And he tied every loose end together. Fascinating. So now, during July, Justine and Barbara were visited daily by Our Lady. And get a load of this. Can you even imagine? Our Lady would join them daily and would pray the rosary with them. I have to pray with Brother Mark. <laughs> and Brother Mark says, I got to pray with Father Chris. Could you imagine? Every day in this month, here comes Our Lady and she joins you praying the rosary? I mean, how fantastic. So Mary came down and joined them in praying the rosary. If that doesn't tell you how important it is, nothing does. You don't wonder how Mary prays Hail Mary. You know, it's just, it's really kind of interesting. So anyway, the girls asked Our Lady about the health and salvation of different people. You know, what's also fascinating about this, this is what the children did at Fatima. Remember? The children asked, what about Fatima? Remember the neighbor girl that was only like 16? And Mary said, hmm, needs a lot of prayers. Even, <laughs> you know, I mean, we have even the children, you know? And remember what Mary said? You're going to have to pray a lot of rosaries, right? This is for Francisco, remember? Francisco, and then he wised up. After the visions, before he got sick and died, he was living in the church. He even skipped school, not recommending that, to go and pray the rosary. All right? So anyway, the word of these apparitions attracted numerous pilgrims. And during the last apparition, this sounds just like La Salette, just like Lourdes, Our Lady blessed a spring. Lords in France, the healing waters. Here we go. Pilgrims for years have drawn water from it, and many healings have been reported. So Geitzwald, you, you're in Poland, you want to get there. So due to a difficult, the position of the Polish government and the people living in this Prussian state, this was seen as an incredibly important apparition, a symbol of both defense of Catholics and the Poles because the two are intertwined. I've told you, I've told you before, I believe God's two chosen people are the, is Poland and the Philippines. Poland, because they were, nobody suffered at the hands of Germany than Poland, yet no nation remained more Catholic in Europe than Poland. The Philippines, no nation suffered more at the hands of the Japanese 
torture, murder, genocide, yet no nation remained more Catholic. So what has God done? God, Jesus said a spark will come from Poland to prepare the world. We believe that spark was John Paul II, St. Faustina, and the Marian fathers. That is the spark that comes from Poland. We were the first men's community ever founded in Poland and the first men's community ever to bear the title the Immaculate Conception. You don't think the Marians and our Marian helpers don't have something to do with this overall plan? Absolutely we do. And so this is what's happening. And so how huge is this? Because the Poles, I believe, are chosen because that spark came from Poland. And then I believe it's the Filipinos who are fanning it all over the world. You've heard me say Filipino women all over the world, fearless Fearless. I told the story before, the story of the, uh, Saudi Arabia. It's illegal to be Christian in Saudi Arabia. And yet they got all these Filipino women handing out divine mercy prayer cards. Guess where they're printed? Here! In Stockbridge. And these Filipino women are handing over these divine mercy prayer cards in Saudi Arabia. The government doesn't know what to do with them. It's illegal. You've got these billionaire, high-powered sheiks of Saudi Arabia, and you got a little four-foot Filipino woman. <laughs> and this billionaire sheik doesn't know what to do with this little four-foot Filipino. Powerless. Powerless. This is who God chooses. He chooses the weak to shame the strong. All the money in the world of these oil-barren sheiks is not going to uh, dissuade these Filipino women. Not going to happen. And so this is what's going on, and we're part of it. Because the Marian Fathers, first men's community in Poland, bear the name of the Immaculate Conception. What did Mary say she was at Gitchwald? The Immaculate Conception. What does this do? It's the 40 years coming before the message of Fatima, and especially for Poland to be opened up for divine mercy, to spark the whole world. It all ties together. Incredible. And so this is what's going on now. Pilgrims started coming. So she, she blesses this spring. It heals people, but becomes very difficult. So the apparitions con contributed to a revival of the Polish national spirit. They were dead, were wiped off the map. And all of a sudden, this religious, this religious vigor comes back. This is what we need in America right now. We need this religious vigor to come back. We're being wiped off the map. We're being kicked off of school boards. We're being fired from jobs. We're being removed from government offices. But we got we to gotta get our fervor back. We got to have that zeal. And, 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 and this is so powerful. You know, we're doing a seven-part series on our EWTN show, Living Divine Mercy, on the seven deadly sins. And then the corresponding virtue. So lust and chastity. And, and one of them is sloth, one of the most deadly sins. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. And what's the opposite of sloth? Zeal. Zeal. And so this is what's going on. So it, it, it gave back the zeal and paved the way for divine mercy to come into Poland, which paved the way for the Marian fathers, which paved the way for you as Marian helpers to understand this message of the most important message of our times, John Paul says, and for what Jesus told St. Faustina is mankind's last hope of salvation. Unbelievable. So, Gutschwald is part 
uh, at this time of the German of a German diocese. So the local church authorities hesitated. It's just like China today. All right. Same exact thing. So the immediate reaction of the German press was that the events at Geitschwald were politically charged. What are we accused of as Catholics? Fighting abortion. What are we accused of being politically charged? I said in my homily yesterday, I am not, we cannot as Catholic priests endorse candidates or political parties, but what we do endorse is the truth. And the truth is life is sacred. And I'm being accused of being politically, I don't care anymore. <laughs> Go ahead. Accuse me all you want. I don't, I don't care. And, and I'm being accused of being political. At this point, I don't care. Elections are Tuesday. And if you heard my homily on Monday, there will be a blood moon two minutes after midnight on November 8th, Tuesday, election day. That's when the sun and the moon and the earth align and the shadow of the moon is uh, uh, through uh, or the sun through the moon is cast on the earth and it, it becomes a, a reddish blood color hue. This is what will be in the sky and you know where it's most visible? Oregon. I talked to my one of my best friends, Deacon Harold Silvers out of Oregon. And he says, Chris, Father Chris, please pray for Oregon. We are the root of this radical liberal and woke movement that is trying to destroy Christianity and Christian morals. It's not political. You can have woke on both sides of the aisle. But woke, as I've been saying before, please wake up. Get awoke. <laughs> because this blood moon is most visible two minutes after midnight, the day of the election in Oregon. Are you kidding me? So we have to look at the sign of the times. What is God telling us? What is heaven telling us? And so... <clears throat> They basically said it was political, the result of Polish superstition and fanaticism. Isn't that what we're called? Are we being accused of being guilty of nothing but religious superstition and fanaticism? This is all over again. We're playing this all over again. And so the pilgrim priest, the pilgrims, the priests, they were fined and they were persecuted and they were priests were thrown out of ministry. Please pray for us, Marians. We're continuing to bring you the truth. I laughed. I said, just please come visit me in jail. <laughs> because, because there might come a day. We're speaking out about the three non-negotiables. The defense of human life. Abortion is wrong. The defense of marriage is between man and a woman. And defending religious freedoms will all be punishable by possible crime. This message is telling us to wake up. It's so timely. It's unbelievable. And I was reading it. I'm like, oh, my. And so, so all this is going on. So the local bishop, Philip Kremens, undertook an investigation. And he reported that the visionaries seemed to act sincerely and piously. So in early September 1877, the bishop asked three physicians to examine the visionaries. And so when the girls were seeing the Blessed Virgin Mary, remember, only the children could. So when the girls were seeing the Blessed Virgin, they actually took their pulse 
and their pulse slowed down so much that they would not clinically be able to technically survive. The pulse slowed down so much, their upper and lower extremities became freezing cold, and their gaze was fixated, and they didn't blink. There's got to be something going on. And so the events themselves led to this profound religious and Marian renewal amongst the Polish. And this paved the way for us today. And it spread from the parish through the Prussian and Russian Empire and through Poland. This was really the beginning of the role of Poland. And this is why it's the only approved Marian apparition Vatican approved from Poland. And none of us have ever heard of it. So the apparitions had political consequences. Our Lady spoke to the visionaries, as I said, in Polish, which was banned. Schools were not allowed to teach Polish, and now all of a sudden they're talking the faith. All right? Basically, it was cancel culture. It was cancel culture. We're not facing the first cancel culture. But what did the Polish do? They reacted. They stood up. Now we got to do the same thing. So following the apparitions, both the visionaries actually entered the, co uh, the convent. Let's take a look at their pictures. All right, here is the picture. Let's go to our next picture. This is the great big winged habit, you know, uh, like uh, St. Catherine of Labore. I always wonder, how do they get through the doors? That's amazing. God bless them. And so this one that you're on your screen, this is Barbara. Okay, the second one. Now, she has a lot more significance because get a load of this. Another connection that's unbelievable. She entered the congregation of the Sisters of Mercy, okay, of St. Vincent de Paul, according to Our Lady's wishes, and she began the novitiate, listen to this, in Paris in 1884, in the very same chapel, Our Lady revealed the miraculous medal to Catherine Labore. The same exact thing. It all ties together. So she went down to Guadalupe, uh, Guatemala. She worked. I, I, I'm running out of time. So she took care of the poor. She died in 1950. She's now a servant of God. And on Candlemas, February 2nd, 2005, the bishop began her process for beatification. So we asked for prayers for her. Then Justina, all right, Justina, she in turn, she left the congregation. Well, that means, Father, these, these uh, visions are, are, are unapproved or they're, they're false. No. She returned to lay life. Do you know, the authenticity of a vision does not depend on the holiness of the seer. A seer is human. A seer can sin. The seer does not have to be absolutely perfect. So she left the congregation in 1897, went back to lay life, and in 1899, she married. Then in 1904, we lose track of her. We don't know what happened. So again, the holiness does not just depend on the seer. They're human. They can have weaknesses. So anyway, to finish, the apparitions of Our Lady of Geichwald are the only ones in Poland, as I said, to be authentic by the Vatican as one of 16 that had determined around the world, together with Guadalupe, La Salette, Fatima, Lourdes, you know them. This is in the big power hitters, all right? And so let's look at our next slide. 
This is what's powerful. The Madonna of Geichwald was venerated by Cardinal Stefan Wyszynski. Now here's something else that ties in incredibly. Stefan Wyszynski used to make pilgrimages to this shrine. Now let's show the picture. Brother Mark's going to show it. Do you know we Marian fathers are co-producing the film The Prophet? It'll be in your movie theaters around the country November 15th and November 17th. You know what it's about? Cardinal Vyshinsky. This is the guy that brought John Paul II to the world. Again, opening the door. It all connects. Divine mercy. Our Lady of Getchwald, Poland. Divine mercy. The Marian fathers. Our Blessed Mother. The Immaculate Conception. We bear the name. So here comes the guy. The guy. Without him, we don't have John Paul II. And his name, Cardinal Vyshinsky. The movie, The Prophet. It's not a documentary. It's actually a movie. And we Marians worked with Michael Kondrat. We're marketing it. Please look at your local listings November the 15th to go see this movie. The movie is coming. All right, so just a couple more lines. The formal ecclesiastical approval for these apparitions took place on September the 11th. <laughs> Unbelievable. 1977. 100 years after the events, and guess who presided over the ecclesiastical events? Carol Vortia, Pope John Paul. Unbelievable. Right then and there, he opened the door to divine mercy. He opened the door. That became the spark. So our last slide. This is the shrine of Getschval today. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it beautiful? It attracts almost a million pilgrims annually. Incredible. Now, I've run out of time. I was going to do Pontman, France. But I want you to join us next first Saturday because we're going to talk about the role of France in Our Lady of Hope. You've ever heard that? We're going to talk about Potman, France next week in Our Lady of Hope. And so please join us. I wanted to do it today, but I don't have time. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray for Our Lady to help us in this election time coming up. But even as the elections pass, we need to keep praying to Our Lady. And if you have any Polish in your blood, and even if you don't, pray to Our Lady of Getschwald, the little unknown apparition that opened the door to all of this. And the only approved one from... I mean, it's amazing, the connections. And for, to be a part of this, it brings me to tears. It brings me to tears to be part of God's greatest time in history because we're sin abounds and sin abounds now like never before. Where sin abounds, my grace and mercy abound even the more. We're in the time right now of unprecedented sin. Remember Pius XII said in the 1950s, mankind is more sinful today than at the time of the flood. 
What would, I mean, I always say that was the time of leave it to Beaver. What would he say about today where we don't even know the difference between a man and a woman? I said this before, they discovered bacteria on Mars. And the highest executives in the government and in NASA are jumping up and down. We discovered life on Mars from a bacteria. But yet we have a living heartbeat in a womb and that's not life. That's crazy. And so we have a chance to make a difference this coming Tuesday and even after. So even if you're watching this video after the elections, pray for those elected. Pray for our politicians, no matter what side of the aisle. And Our Lady of Getchvald, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Right now we're going to have Brother Mark is going to power down and um, please remain with us because in less than five minutes we'll be back up vested to begin the devotions of divine mercy. Excuse me. <laughs> First Saturdays, which is divine mercy. So please stay with us. In just a few minutes we'll come back. We'll expose our Lord. And then we will fulfill the request that Our Lady gave us for five first Saturdays. Thank you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.